Hello everyone and welcome to Now You're Playing With Power, a Nintendo podcast. It is E3, ladies and gentlemen, and this is our E3 2014 Nintendo Digital Event Recap Special. It's a long name, it's a long title, but we are going to be talking a lot about uh, what just went down, what Nintendo just showed uh, in their press conference replacement. Digital event. Indeed, and I am joined by my amiibo. <laughs> it's Ballyman91. Hello, also everyone. known as Bally. Yes, I'm super hyped. Um, that was a very impressive digital event. It was, and um, and we're going to talk a lot about it. But first of all, Bally, what's uh, what do you think Nintendo did today? Um, well, do you think they were coming out the gate and uh, took E3 by storm? Yeah, they just showed a lot of stuff, and I'll admit that a lot of that, almost all of that stuff, is for 2015. But right, um, Johnny Metz was tweeting about this, and he was making the point that I mean, this year we have Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, and then therefore you need all your stuff for next year for sales. Precisely, so that makes sense. So yeah, absolutely, a little disappointed that there's not another something big that I'm looking forward to in this year other than Smash Brothers but you know what that's such a big big enough game that I'm still to- totally hyped for this year and obviously 2015 right but I mean 2015 has been a the theme of this year's E3 I, it seems like every single trailer for new games that's now this is across the board this is at Sony and Microsoft EA Ubisoft every single press conference 2015 it's like this game is coming it looks awesome 2015 this is great 2015 and that just seems how the industry is working right now um and i feel like nintendo could have capitalized if they'd had stuff for this year um you know for example you know we're going to talk about a couple of these things like the yoshi game uh which has been in development it seems for a while like like if that had been 2014 that would been really cool but yeah um that's true one of there needed to be one more. One of those 2015 games should have been this year. Um, Definitely, that would have, like, like uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, I want to call it. Um, that would have been nice for the Christmas this year. Yeah, well, yeah, there are. I think there's a couple of things. There's Bayonetta, which is this year. Actually, that was confirmed a release date. Um, nice. But we will we'll get into all of that. Um, let's start from the beginning. Let's just go through this thing chronologically. So the opening. So let's wow. talk about the 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 way that they kind of presented the press conference in general, right? Um, not the press. I keep saying press conference. It's digital the, event. The digital event. <laughs> the way they presented this in general, very very crazy, wacky, creative, and pretty funny. I thought, like, and really polished. It was yeah. like it's really well edited, and the timing is great, and it's just really really nice. Yeah. So. I said and I tweeted after the event like if Nintendo do something that is this creative and wacky and hilarious every year I do not miss the press conference because this was a real ample substitute so we really kick it off with like Robot Chicken who have been I guess contracted by Nintendo to make this hilarious parody of a Nintendo press conference where Reggie comes out and some dude in the audience is like where's Mother 3? And then Red- <laughs> Reggie just like yeah. ignores him and stuff just goes crazy uh, it's yeah and then Mari- uh, Wario and Ganondorf fall from the ceiling and they cut back to that a few times uh I thought that was brilliant. What do you think of I that robot it was chicken stuff? Amazing, because I mean, Reggie was talking about it with IGN afterwards, and yeah. like he he was saying, 
it's just to show that they're actually listening to the fans in some ways not always some ways yeah. <laughs> um, and actually being able to make fun of themselves I mean I watched the Microsoft and Sony press conferences they barely made fun of themselves they it didn't was so <laughs> serious it was just yeah. this massive uh how long is your dick competition right, that yeah. was just, and they were just taking it so seriously whereas Nintendo just come waltzing in with their completely separate digital event just taking the piss out of themselves and how <laughs> they never release games that the fans want them to release and it's just really refreshing like it, I feel proud of the company that they just take a different uh, direction with something like that and, and just showing that they're in touch with the fans just shows how different to the other big big companies they are. It's just really refreshing, you know, and it sets them apart. And you know Nintendo go off and to the march the beat of their own drum, but it really it really just it's fantastic and I'm so glad that they did stuff like that. Um, but you could really see that they were building to this, right? Because earlier they had the Tomodachi Life Direct, and they'd had that really weird Mario Kart thing. They had started to build, and of course they had their pre-E3 announcement video with Mega64, where the Reggie fils mech going on. They've been building this weirdness recently, and this kind of felt like the culmination of that. Like, they'd been building towards this, and, and that's what we got. Um, and then the next big thing is the uh, is a new Smash Brothers reveal. So let's jump into that. Um, another hilarious video, Reggie versus Iwata. Um, fantastic stuff going on here, and uh, they were both playing as themselves because, of course, this uh, brand new announcement uh, is that the Me Fighter is now a character in Super Smash Brothers. What do you think of the Me Fighter, Bally? I was always actually against the idea of having the me as a playable fighter and that was because i was worried what on earth would their weapons be how on earth would they do it how would they stop them looking bland but and maybe it was just setting it up with reggie and iwata but from what they did and i should say that there's three different playable uh what 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 would you call them uh classes frames, frames, i guess classes yeah, yeah so there's the fighter the sword master and like a gunman gun person who has like a laser beam yeah i think the official terms are the me brawler the me yeah. sword fighter and the me gunner yeah nice so the fact that they've got those three separate classes i think just makes it infinitely better and i think there was you can like pick their moves or something i think reggie was saying so there's like a total of 36 apparently different moves that the, that the me character has within its uh three classes so yeah. i think what they've done with it has really shifted my opinion on having the me or not and like it looks really good yeah and you know people always call out i want to play as reggie in smash brothers well now technically technically now you can and it was really nice that they that's how they introduced the me yeah it was really fun him, him playing against the water yeah a good a good announcement um so I really enjoyed that. I thought that was pretty cool, and uh, I kind of look forward to seeing uh, how the Mi plays when we get the game, obviously. Um, but uh, we then moved on to Sakurai himself, who was like, yeah, we introduced the Mi character, we're doing a lot of stuff, we'll work on it, and then he announced the release date uh, for the 3DS game. And Nintendo, as always, are liars about their release dates. Um, they said 3DS... Do you know October's in summer? 
Yeah, apparently October is summer 2014. I didn't realize it, but Nintendo apparently are in charge of the Gregorian calendar, um, just in case you didn't realize. No, uh, they said, obviously, before it would be summer 2014. Turns out that October 3rd is the release date, um, and... At least it's coming soon-ish, I guess. Uh, October's a little ways off uh, at this it's point, a, but it's a bit of a disappointment. But uh, it's all right. It's not that bad. At the same time, the fact that it is later gives them more opportunities to announce new stuff and new characters. Yeah. Like there's, there's less of this kind of panic that there's only going to be a two-month gap between E3 and it coming out. Now we have like July, August, September. We have three months for them to kind of go through. And uh, and maybe reveal some new stuff along the way. I mean, so f- for all we know, they could be fixing the online. And yeah, I would certainly want that a- a- aspect to work. You so. would definitely appreciate for them to make a game that exactly. works, right? So, um, and then kind of Sakurai showed us. He's like, "Well, there's loads of game modes in the 3DS version. Here's this massive reel of all this <laughs> shit. Montage, there was so <laughs> much nonsense. I have I could not even keep track of how much stuff there was it, in there. I, it was almost like it was purpose." flicking between them so fast that you couldn't even tell what you were looking at and they yeah. didn't have they didn't have any subtitles or anything explaining what it was so it was just kind of like oh yeah don't worry if you were thinking the 3ds doesn't have enough content here's all the content and it just threw it at you and most of it looked single player yeah um, there was returning stuff like home run contest um yeah there seemed there was a thing with like intensity where you would put it, that was the first thing he showed was the intensity gauge which is a thing straight out of Kid Icarus. And how um, does that work? So basically what it does is it increases the difficulty of the level but it ups the stakes of what you get at the end. So you're basically oh, trying cool. to get hearts is like the currency in the game of Kid Icarus. So by raising the stakes and by betting more, if you get through the level without dying and finish it, you get a bunch more hearts at the end of it. So um, it's basically kind of a, a win-loss thing, and, and, and it's interesting. I don't know. I guess they'll probably factor that into some single-player mode uh, that we're not really aware of yet, but that's happening. At, le- at least we know that there's more content besides just the Smash Run thing they announced before, um, which I'm happy with, definitely. Um, so that's good. Uh, we then got uh, also a little bit of an announcement for the Wii U version, saying this holiday 2014. Um which is, I think, better than winter 2014. It kind of confirms that it's around going to be the November window, right? That seems yeah, like... that's great, great news. Like, I, there was always the panic that they'd just be like, oh, spring 2015. Yeah. And to, to, ma- to make sure, I mean, with all these other 2015 announcements that we'll come to, I mean, it was so crucial that Smash should come out this year. And you're right, by saying holiday, it does imply November, and that's great news. Definitely, is it looks like the kind of um, Black Friday time, and uh, that's when all the big releases come out. And I think the, the 3DS game for that point in time is Pokemon. So to have the, the the wombo combo of Pokemon plus Smash, I think, is definitely a big hitter. So that should be fantastic. Anyway, uh, let's talk about these figurines, shall we? Let's talk about the NFP project, or as it is now known, Amiibo. Um, a very curious name uh you know it's one of these things we've gotten used to with nintendo just calling all their products ridiculous stuff that no one understands what it means and in a couple of years time we won't even care anymore but um (laughs) what were your impressions of amiibo the name uh the stuff that they showed with that ballet i felt like first of all i need to say the on the positive side the figures themselves look 
unbelievably high quality. I they think. look very, very good. I think, regardless of whatever the hell they do, part of me just wants to buy them for the childlike appeal of just having this. I, t- I kept taking the piss out of it in previous podcasts, but yeah. like, I was sold just on the plastic yeah. from looking at them. I was like, wow, that looks so cool. It's like Mario with his fireball. So on that aspect, they're looking great. On the negative side, I think they explained explained how you use them horribly, or at least they were incredibly vague. Yeah. So they spoke about Smash Brothers um, for Wii U, and they said, okay, so you scan it and then... Your amiibo is there. I, I don't. I, I don't even think I'm phrasing that correctly. Calling the character in the game an amiibo. Am I right? Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe <laughs> it wasn't really clear. So I mean, it, it seemed like it was an automatic character playing by itself that you were scanning into the game. That I really didn't see the point in. Um, and so, and then they sort of added on. Oh yeah, but that single figurines are going to work for multiple games and then but they didn't really say how it would work in any other games and those other games they included stuff like Mario Kart 8 which was interesting uh Yoshi's uh, Willy World uh Mario Party 10 and other things that um were unannounced which was cool but so on the face of it they look great but I there's not they're not justifying what they do enough yet for me to be like I have to have this yeah, I totally agree. And the way they kind of described it was as if you're putting this character into the game and then it becomes an AI controlled thing where yeah. it does its own, like it kind of goes off on its own and fights against an opponent to help you. So I think the example they used was when it was Iwata versus Reggie, Iwata put the Mario figure onto the gamepad and all of a sudden Mario zapped into the game and helped him out to beat Reggie, right? That was kind of the way that it was working. Um and I don't really see the appeal in that. Like, what? what is that? Like, the, the fun of Smash is playing against human players, not the AI. And so, I don't know, it seems like some kind of handicap almost that, you know, Iwata's bringing in a thing because he can't win. Um, and then they're kind of saying, like, you can put two of them on and have them both. But what's the fun in watching two AI characters <laughs> play Smash Brothers? I don't really get that. Um it's so frustrating because I'm on the verge of wanting to buy them all, but they just have to do something more than... Right, they have to do something yeah. interesting and significant and not just be like, oh, it's an AI-controlled character exactly. in the game. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I'm I'm not really down with that. So I hope that they'll kind of talk more about that in maybe Nintendo Direct's upcoming in the rest of this year. Or even... We might find out more in the rest of this week because E3 still has some time to go. And Nintendo, unlike yeah. other companies, are still announcing stuff throughout the week. So um, we may well come back with another um, podcast. And Bill Trennan did do a separate video that we've not watched in depth Right. Yet. Yeah, uh, true. I we, can, we, we should mention that we, we don't... We can talk um, about that in maybe a few days or so, but... Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but, I mean, uh, at least they've laid their, their kind of cards on the table, and they're like, this is our uh, program, it has a name. They yeah. also mentioned that uh, Skylanders and Disney Infinity are going to be working with the Gamepad NFC now, so mm. um, that's good for those companies, kind of rolling it in. And uh, Actually, it's, it's not good for those companies, because it means now that those companies can't sell more plastic things to put the things on top of, uh, <laughs> which is, uh. I guess, well, how they make some profit, but... Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that rolls out. At least it kind of makes it more convenient for the end user. So yeah, I mean so. maybe may, maybe we're being 
too were wanting too much from these figures and they're just gonna sell like hotcakes regardless of what they actually do yeah <laughs> or maybe yeah. maybe not so i mean we'll see look they are gorgeous figures they are totally collector's items and i know a lot of people who would buy them just for the sake of owning the figures so exactly so you know whether they're useful or not it may not matter to some people um but it's cool it's cool that they're gonna do something uh anyway uh let's move on to the next game, which is a brand new game and it has been teased for quite a long time. Um, so the developers behind uh, this new game are Goodfeel, who did Kirby's Epic Yarn, a really fantastic Wii game with an incredible art style, and they've returned to uh, retool Yoshi, and uh, they have created Yoshi's Woolly World, which I like that they did that and didn't just make it Yoshi's Yarn, that they changed it and made it uh, a kind of... Um, a more fitting name but they uh, even they justified it by saying oh the graphical power of the wii u uh we didn't want to just do copy kirby and do yarn because it was too simple they said we wanted to actually do unraveling wool because they had yeah. now had the power to do it apparently so i think it, it was just looking incredible wasn't it wow talk about like and this is the big thing, really, and this is the takeaway from so many of the products that and software that Nintendo showed is it does not fucking matter that this console does not have the same visual powers and you know graphical capabilities of the PS4 and the Xbox One because Nintendo kill it on art style. They absolutely understand that that is the fundamental way to make their games look good and interesting and appetizing and my god this looks just as good as anything on the other consoles it is a fantastic art style i was blown away by how good this game looks um what what did you I, think of it by i'm going to save my rant about art style and how amazing nintendo are for a, a game later in our list but i okay. will agree that it looks this game looks incredible um and i think i i'm pretty damn keen to get this actually to be honest i think next year i'll there's not well there will be other stuff by then but i mean i want this game it looks really cool i definitely think that this is going to be one of their early 2015 releases like we've known we've we've known about it for a while it's been in progress and it seems like it's looking like much more of a finished product than some of the other stuff they showed so i'm thinking this is probably like their spring game for 2015 um and if that's the case totally down with it it's totally interesting um and uh, uh yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna see how it rolls uh they also said it's gonna be like a co-op thing um two players so that'd be cool if we if we get the chance to play some of that together clearly cool. it's not gonna be online because god, so god it never god, is <laughs> never is uh if it is then wow i'm gonna be shocked and i'll be even more likely to like if this is online this is a must buy for me because then we can play together and that would yeah. be really oh, fun exactly um uh, and uh, they also kind of made mention that they don't want to just make it like a, a Kirby sequel. They want to make an actual Yoshi game. So what they do is they're basically taking these balls of wool and turning them into Yoshi's eggs that trail behind him, um, which is neat. And uh, I hope that that uh, does some cool stuff. So so that's, uh, that, that's one of their big new uh, unveilings, which I was pleased with. And it definitely looked a lot better than uh, the kind of screenshot and footage they've shown from before. Yeah, it, it was tremendously improved from there yeah definitely. it had it, it evolved one might say um so next up really cool little announcement uh really this is cool. 
Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Uh, this is something that I think we kind of mentioned when we talked about 3D World, how cool it would be if Nintendo took the idea of those Toad levels in Super Mario 3D World and spun them off into their own, like, download eShop game. And that seems to be exactly what this is, which I'm really excited for, because to be quite honest, um, as much as I had my issues with Mario 3D World, I thought that these segments were above, like, most of what that game had to offer. I thought these were really fantastic, interesting, kind of puzzle platforming levels um, that played with perspective in a neat way, and I am thrilled to be able to play more of it. What was your feelings on the game, Ballet? Well, when we talked about 3D World and mentioned, oh, it'd be cool if they had their own if he had his own game uh, where you could do these toad levels when we said that although we said it i never really thought it would ever ever happen right um and it's almost like that they're just showing off that they are quite they are listening to the fans quite a bit because totally it was more than just us saying um that at the time and it's really refreshing this was a really solid long trailer that showed loads of levels loads of really cool stuff some unique um, settings and everything and intre- interesting puzzle design yeah even like a few a few first person perspectives where you're moving around the gamepad and stuff um, yeah and it was just really refreshing really nice to see i'd be in- interested to see whether it's it's download only or perhaps it, they do have a disc or if, if it is download only whether it will be the full 40 quid or I guess it would be $50. I can't do the maths. Yeah, but, um, or maybe, hopefully, it would be half that price. Um, this definitely know. seems like either two situations. One situation is that it's going to be DLC for 3D World, which means you'd have to own 3D World in order to play it, which may be a sneaky thing for them to do in order to drive more sales of that software. Mm. Um, but it could not pay off for them as well if they if they did that, because they wouldn't sell as many. Um, alternatively, it's just going to be an eShop game, and it's going to be standalone uh, and probably about $15 or something to that effect. And I think that that is a perfect kind of price point, and I hope they go that way, because then more people get to experience it, even people who didn't own 3d world um yeah that's what i'm hoping for and uh, this is actually a 2014 game surprisingly it's not a big one it's nothing huge but it's a nice little kind of nintendo driving the digital kind of library they have and this nice little little game that's come out and yeah i i should retract what i said earlier i mean i i was suggesting it'd be nice if there was something 2014 i completely forgot this was 2014 because i mean i'm definitely going to pick this up end oh, of this for sure. year, and it'll just be a nice little add-on to play really it'll be uh, it's, it's basically like the one year anniversary of mario 3d world which is nice and it's probably mm. going to come out about the same time as well um so you know get people to jump back into that kind of world which i'm totally down with totally down with that totally down with oh dear <laughs> uh, right well let's move on <laughs> swiftly from that um to pokemon uh because they had some new footage to show from the ruby and sapphire remakes um and uh you know we know that this game's coming out in november november 21st uh not really anything interesting in this trailer because uh, a few days ago there were leaks from Japan from the Koro Koro magazine which showed that there were new mega evolutions for the three uh, Hoenn starters. Obviously Mega Blaziken is something that's been around since X and Y uh, but Sceptile and Swampert are getting mega evolutions. Um, Bally, what do you think of the footage? Peaking your interest at all or are you still down to get Y version instead? Yeah, still definitely more keen for Y than anything else. Um it just looked super safe i mean i'm not i've not got any uh 
anything against Nintendo for making it super safe because that's obviously what's going to sell well and I'm happy they're making it I'm just not personally interested yeah well I mean it gives us the first footage of what uh, Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby are going to look like uh, in the new X and Y engine I haven't fully uh, analysed the trailer or gone through it to see all the elements of it but I might do that later on and have a quick check and, and see what they've changed and um and that could be pretty interesting. We saw um, some new megas in action. Yeah, we got to see Sceptile and Swampert actually do stuff on the battlefield. And i got to say, Mega Swampert still looking like an utter badass. Wow, that guy <laughs> looks... He is stacked, man. He is stacked. Um, so, yeah, interested. Interested. Um, next up was Bayonetta 2, uh, a game that they have been, you know, constantly... It seems like that thing that keeps cropping up in Nintendo Directs. And uh, always a new trailer, always some new gameplay. Um... But they re- they really kind of pushed uh, the boundary here by announcing that the first game is going to be included with the second one on the same disc, uh, which I thought was really great of them and um, kind of fixes people's complaints for Nintendo fans who never played the first one and for people who uh, play it on other consoles but want to have you know both experiences good stuff i think it kind of just adds value to the package and it's a similar thing to what they did with you know the mario kart thing where they're like hey you get a free game it's like wow here's another free game um what do you think about this bali will this tempt you any more to get bayonetta or are you just not even interested yeah i'm i'm not interested really but i think it, it, you're right it is nice that because the first game wasn't on any nintendo console was it, it was no on no playstation yeah and so yeah like it's very unusual for a franchise to have a series that goes across platforms, would you say? Yeah, definitely. So, so it's very nice that Nintendo said, you know what, Nintendo fans, you can have the lot on here. And I mean, if you've not, if you want to play Bayonetta two, you have to get a Wii U. So, like, it's a nice little situation Nintendo put themselves in. Yeah, and again on the Bayonetta front, they seem to be continuing this weird tradition of putting Nintendo costumes into all these games. (laughs) Like, it happened at the launch with the Tekken game, with the weird costume in Mario mode. It's happened in Sonic Lost World, um, and now it's happening in Bayonetta. She has a Link costume, uh, a Samus costume, and a Peach costume. Um... So that's just weird, uh, but I mean, hey, you know, Nintendo are feeling very free about you know putting their IPs in weird situations. This is one of the weirder ones. What did you think of uh, that mini reveal? They're in this funny mood, aren't they, with the whole yeah. intros, and then oh yeah, you can have these costumes. It was really weird, but at the same time, it's just it's just showing off. It's like, hey, these are our characters. We've got the rights to Bayonetta. Why don't we just stick them in there and then give a big two fingers to everyone else who can't use our costumes and stuff? So I don't right. know. It's just it's a bit of fun. I don't I don't think it'll necessarily drive sales in any way, but you never know. Yeah, indeed. Um, Well, uh, that is a lot of stuff that we've covered so far, but we have a lot more to do. We're going to take a little break here, uh, but when we come back, we are going to dive right in to Zelda, my friends, and you don't want to miss that. So stay tuned. We will be back after this. this. Thanks, old man. That is really very nice. I can always count on you for help and friendly advice. Though I've never seen a sword of quite that shape or size. Oh, God, that's not a sword. It's your dick in disguise. Yes, I can lie. I have painted my shrine. Now grab your destiny. If you know what I mean, wait a minute, they don't need the cave. Where do you think you're going? This is a great chance to follow. 
And we are back, everyone, for the second half of our E3 recap roundup, whatever you want to call it, show. Um, let's jump straight in, guys, because everyone knows the big talking point, the thing that everyone was looking forward to from Nintendo this year. What are they going to do with Zelda? What's happening with the Wii U game? What will it look like? Will the art style be the same as the tech demo? Bali, you made the prediction, of course, that it would be close to that. Uh, unfortunately, you're wrong. Uh, but uh, I don't think that unfortunately... It is quite close. No, I wouldn't say... I would say this is Skyward's... Anyway, we'll get into this. Part of me um, was right because I emphasized there'd be a hell of a lot of bloom. Right, then that is true. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's unfortunate that you're wrong because I think this new art style is fucking gorgeous um, and they are going to do some great stuff with it. And as we said before, Nintendo leveraging art style in a way that just other developers don't uh, try. Um... So, Zelda Wii U. So, what happens? We get uh, kind of an image of uh, Eiji Anuma, you know, the director of the Zelda series, on a white background. And he's talking, and I'm like, oh my god, he's talking about Zelda. And he's talking about how we're changing it, and how we're doing the conventions. How everything's going to be different. And then, behind him, on the white screen, it changes to this vista. This vista of an open world with grass, and you could see an image of Link on opponent in the middle of the field. What were your first thoughts, Bally, upon seeing that image? Really impressive. It was, like I said, the bloom effects were fantastic. I loved that. Um, effectively, felt a lot like Wind Waker without the water, and then right. and then the graphics upraised, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, before um, they showed us this, they, you know, Anuma was talking about how the very open-world nature of the original Zelda, and mm-hmm. then he said it was difficult to try and translate that into 3D, and he said they kind of got around it in Wind Waker by using the sea as a way yes. to do that. Um, and now they have a full, lush open-world Hyrule, or so it seems, um, for you to explore it looked incredible and i mean that's always the downside whether it's ocarina twilight princess skyward sword um it always feels like you run up to like the corner of an outdoor place and then there's a loading time and then another place opens up whereas the, the beauty of wind waker even for its time you could sail between islands with zero render time um the only time there was rendering was when you went in and out of doors, which was incredible. Um, so if they can do that with this real-world, non-flooded Hyrule, um, with beautiful graphics, amazing lighting effects, um, it'll just be really cool to experience, um, especially when they're emphasizing um, the new sort of dungeon structure, not dungeon structure, but how you can do the dungeons in any order that they've been hinting at constantly especially with link between worlds the idea of the non-linearity that they began in that game and are going to be bringing forward here certainly you know strikes me as something that is going to be super interesting and as you said i i really think wind waker was really fantastic and you know i'm going to talk about on our next official podcast because i played through that game now um the way that you know you have this huge expansive world and there is no load times because it takes all the draw distance into account and does all that stuff naturally the thing that i think hindered skyward sword to a lot of degrees was even when you were dropping down from the sky to skyloft there was a loading screen there and i really wish that you know unfortunately the wii wasn't powerful enough to do that kind of thing but 
it just felt like such a segmented world. That's a lot of people's criticism with Skyward Sword. I did like it to some degree because it felt like the sort of Mario 64 of Zelda games where the hub world is Skyloft and you have the three portals down below where you drop into the world. And, you know, it was a great game. I really love Skyward Sword, but the idea that everything's going to be interconnected here and the entire world is going to be melded together, that is an exciting prospect. And that is something that I am really looking forward to um a lot of people comparing it to skyrim right and i think anuma has acknowledged skyrim before and how that game uh, you know could have some sort of influence on zelda how would you feel if it went in that sort of direction mali well i've never played skyrim and i don't know enough about it um all i know is that it's an open world game you can walk up to anyone basically and they'll be like oh yeah there's this quest that i need done and you can right, randomly right. do it and yeah. In some respects, I mean, obviously, Wind Waker is my favorite Zelda. I've been playing the HD remake as well as you, yourself. And the beauty of Wind Waker is that there are aspects that are like Skyrim in the sense that there are loads and loads of side quests and little islands and little different things you can do basically at any point in the game, regardless sure. of the linear, relatively linear story. So this game shows a lot of promise in having those elements um like skyrim where you can just go out and do what you fancy but without the restriction like you said of having basically going between portals it'll hopefully be one world one map one experience um and it'd be really great if um that they can do everything they've been hyping it up to do which is that kind of wind waker style but kind of less flooded (laughs) yeah yeah so before we, you know, move on to some other stuff, let's talk about how, you know, this seems like a weird future twist on Zelda, right? Because Link starts getting chased. This is when we start seeing video for it, because before it's just this panoramic view in the background. Then suddenly this, like, robot hill comes out of nowhere, starts shooting lasers in the middle of this fantasy setting, chases Link, um, goes to a bridge, smashes it, and then Link jumps off, notches an arrow, and the arrow itself is like this technical futuristic thing that changes. What did you think of all this kind of merging of this setting? Do you think um, that there's going to be some tech involvement with Zelda? I mean, I think there might be a little bit of outrage from some fans, but for me personally, I absolutely loved it. I thought... Um, it remind. I said this before the pod, but the blue effects that both were in the lasers and specifically Link's bow reminded me exactly of like the hover elements within Mario Kart, and that right. combined with the the heavy bloom effects of the um the sky really gave it a lot of like that Mario Kart feel that looked so impressive. So sure. no, I love the idea of including some lasers. I think. Anything, it's fresh. There's never been lasers. Well, there's been like BMOs, I guess, that shoot mm-hmm. lasers. But it's, it's fresh. For Link to have such a high-tech bow and arrow was pretty cool. And yeah, I'm excited to see how that relates to the story. I mean, the fact that he was in non-green tunic garb implies it was this is very, very early on in the game. Um, or perhaps he doesn't even have a tunic. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, um, I think this feels very similar to Skyward Swords in a few respects uh, art style mainly um, what do you think of Link's new design I really like it I love 
um, that they've not gone for realism. So it's they're basically like I wanted to say this earlier with Yoshi, um, Yoshi's Woolen World, Woolen World, Woolly World. Um, yeah, <laughs> that the fact that they're not going for realism allows them to emphasize and nail down their own art style and that it's really great what they're doing with link um that he's ever so slightly cartoony not as cartoony as wind waker link but you're right around the level of uh, skyward sword but they've just really nailed the graphics and that's it's better that I prefer it when Nintendo do that than go for realism, which obviously the other big companies always seem to do. Is they're obsessed with realism. Yeah, I can uh, can definitely agree with you on that. And uh, you know, we only did see a small amount of gameplay. Uh, not not even gameplay, just this cutscene. But from what I have been given a taste of, my appetite is wet. I'm really excited and. Uh, this was, I think this was just the right amount. Like, not too much, but it gave us what we wanted, really. Um, and that was a good look. So, let's move on, I guess. Let's move to another Zelda game, um, which, uh, you know, is the one that they are peddling for this year, uh, I guess. There's another 2014 game. It's surprising, we're finding some 2014 games among here uh, that are actually coming out. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little less hyped for this one, but... Right. But they they allow some cool stuff here. So this is Hyrule Warriors, of course. Uh, the you know a combination with uh, Dynasty Warriors that the Zelda series is doing uh, basically is a Dynasty Warriors game um, and uh, features lots of uh, playable characters from the Zelda series. So today they revealed that Zelda herself, as well as Impa, uh, actually Impa was already revealed. Uh, should I say Midna? Midna on top of Wolf Link is a playable character. Um, that's pretty cool, I think. That's that's got me a bit more interested. What about you, Bally? Yeah, I thought it looked um, better than it did before, and it's very cool to have uh, new playable characters like Zelda and Midna. Um, but it's just overall, this game it's just doesn't appeal to me for some reason. It's just the the gameplay really that Dynasty Warriors slash your way through crowds is just not appealing to me, and I'm, and I'm not seeing enough of a change from that to. To, no, to to want to buy it. I definitely agree. I think it's got it's going to have a lot of fan service, right? It's going to have a lot of stuff that people will be jazzed about. But when it comes down to the basics of gameplay, it's not something that is you know changing the world. It's a Dynasty Warriors game, and if you like those, you know you like those. If you don't, then you damn well know you don't. Um, but I think it's neat, and they did mention the fact that you know Dynasty Warriors games have hundreds of playable characters. Um, I very well am sure that we're going to be getting a playable Goron, a playable you know Zora, um, you know characters. Maybe they'll go as far as Tingle. I saw someone's tweeting, but that maybe Tingle would be a thing. So <laughs> that could happen. Who knows? But that is coming pretty soon. Uh, that's September twenty sixth. So one of the more uh, you know upcoming games in the twenty fourteen lineup. Um, so. There you have it. We'll uh, we'll see how that one shakes out and what the reviews say. But uh, moving on, this was a big surprise, and um, this is a game I think that Bali and I are more excited about than uh, lots of people because of just the time we played it and all that stuff. So this is a sequel to Kirby Canvas Curse, um, one of the best games on DS and one of the first real proper DS games on the system. Um, this is Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Bali, what do you think when they trotted this one out? I am super hyped. Um, we both loved Canvas Curse. Um, oh, like yeah. you said, one of the best games on DS. And it was one of the best games of DS that actually used 
full-on DS functionality with the touchscreen. Yeah. And and that, that's the criticism that Nintendo's been getting quite a lot with the gamepad, is that they're just not using it enough. So, for example, Mario Kart got criticised heavily for saying, oh, you just beep the horn or it's got yeah. a map on it. Whereas this is actually saying, look, we're listening to you and we're going to use the gamepad more. So here we go. We're using the gamepad for this... Um, uh, touchscreen rainbow curse similar to canvas curse Kirby um, and it looks great I mean I, I'm not sure what the 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 TV screen will be looking at while you're looking, looking at the gamepad or how that will work but from what we saw of it yeah. it looks really 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 good the one little hang up I do have about this is that point of I want to look at this game because it's gorgeous again another art style they've gone with which is really awesome it's like this claymation um kind of look they've gone for mm. and i want to be looking at the hd tv i want to be looking at the main screen to see how good that looks but there is this kind of discrepancy between what you see on one screen and what you're touching on the other and whether you'll be able to play it by using the touchscreen but looking at the tv i think it may be a bit difficult in that respect and maybe you'll be flitting between the two i'm not sure how it will operate um but that's a little bit of my hang-up there. I'm a little bit wary, but I'm certainly still excited about it. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, I would be worried that you might not be looking at the TV screen much at all, and it might all, almost all be on the gamepad. Um, but still, I mean, I would, I'm would. i super hyped, even if that is the case, um, and definitely one I'm keen to pick up. Again, you know, it's another 2D platformer. Uh, the Wii U has an abundance of these, but... I think that when it comes to something like Canvas Curse, which is very unique within its own genre, um, it's okay. And, you know, I, I never expected them to go back to that concept. You know, the thing with Kirby is that they just take him to, through all these different variations and they always do something different and weird with him and then they leave it behind and don't return to it. Thrilled that they've returned to this one because it's an amazing concept and uh, looking super and, fantastic. And it's also so. quite surprising just talking about the number of 2D platformers but just the, how recent it's been since 2D Yoshi and Kirby and now we're getting yeah. even more on the Wii U it was just this year right. that um, or last year? No this year No that, it's um, this year they're both uh, 3DS yeah, games there's Yoshi, Kirby and Yoshi 3DS game. Yeah um, so it's a big surprise that already there's now Yoshi and Kirby Wii U games um, for 2014 2015, yeah, <laughs> as with most things. Um, talking of 2015, the next one certainly shall be coming out in that year. That is the ever, ever hyped, uh, must-have game for myself. It's X, now with a new name. It is now called Xenoblade Chronicles X, which um, I'm fine with that. Uh, it seems a little bit weird, because when they first showed it, it just seemed like they're calling it Xenoblade Chronicles. It didn't look like the X was part of the thing, but apparently, yes, it is called Xenoblade Chronicles X. Um, and I, I'm really, really stoked. You know, they showed a new trailer. Uh, it was much more story content this time. It seemed like they were focusing on the characters and, you know, the kind of what's going to be happening in this world there's giant space battles there's like two planets it looks like this is going to be taking the scale of xenoblade and kicking it up even a notch from that which staggers my brain i think like wow uh, if it's going to be like bigger than that game then we're in for a damn treat so uh 
<sighs> looking forward to it. Looking I mean, hella forward to it. I'm not personally hyped for it, but I'm I'm definitely happy for you because I know mm. you love Xenoblade and yeah. If I did like Xenoblade, I can understand why you why you're getting hyped for this game because it yeah. is looking pretty cool. I just I'm just not into that genre. Yeah, I'll be honest. This wasn't the best trailer they've put out. I think the other ones uh, with more kind of focus on gameplay rather than cutscene and story were more interesting. But it's nice to know that there is going to be a campaign, a main single player, because people are worried that you know with. Um, a lot of the on-screen things, it looked like there were multiplayer stuff going on, and people were worried that maybe it would turn into kind of an MMO or like some sort of uh, multiplayer-only thing. Well, at least now we know there's a story. It's going to be a single-player-focused campaign, and I could not be happier that that is a thing. So, nice confirmation, and uh, looking forward to that one. Um, next up, we have a game that was leaked. Uh, uh, as many E3 games in general have been so want to do um, for many other companies uh, Nintendo gladly escaped most of that but uh, they did fall foul to the leak of Mario Maker uh, which was uh, unveiled what do you think of this Bally? really impressive um, you know I'm not a big fan of anything that's customizable nope but, <laughs> but the, for, certainly others will be much more excited than myself about this but I'm still really um, excited to like try all the other stages that people will be able to make um, and what's super impressive about this um, uh, Mario Maker is that you can swap between the retro and modern graphics uh, yeah. that's just like a really nice feature and it'll be interesting to see how the sharing mechanics for this game work and be how you'll be able to perhaps post on Miiverse or post within the game or something like that now, I have a theory about Mario Maker and how it ties into Nintendo's approach to smartphones. My theory with Mario Maker is that they will give the opportunity for you to download an app to your phone wherein you can design and create levels for Mario Maker, but you can't play them. And the way to play them is to, of course, buy the Wii U and buy the game and bada bing, bada boom, you're you're knocking people into there. What do you think of that theory, Bally? Mm, I'm not so sure. I was, I was going to suggest, what if it was the other way around? So you create them on the Wii U and play them on smartphones? Yeah. Uh, so the reason I don't say that is because the idea of playing a Mario game on a smartphone with virtual D-pad and buttons stinks of something that Nintendo would never do. Uh, yeah, I just true. don't think that that's the sort of thing, which is why I went the other way. Um, but I think I think this is an opportunity for them to integrate that in some form, right? Because mm -hmm. they have been talking about their approaches, and they don't necessarily want to make it just games, so they could just make it as a kind of creation tool uh, and kind of make people, if they want to get the full game, they have to buy the system. And, um, and again, it's it's a really great use of the Wii U gamepad um, yeah. to use the touchscreen and for these customizable options. It's editing levels on the fly. Like, you could see that they were running through a level and they're like, oh, this pipe's too big. Let's just quickly on the fly change it and run through. So it's not basically forcing you into a menu where you design a level, then go play it. It's seamlessly integrated. So you're playing the level as you're designing it, which I think is a really smart idea and just speeds up the process and allows you to kind of interact with things as soon as they happen, as opposed to spending all this time in a level editor and then going into the play mode of the level editor, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. I think super that's streamlined. 
Very, very much so. And again, yeah, really neat that they have that mode to switch between the modern and old graphics. Uh, I didn't think that would be a thing, but that's that's really awesome. And um, I think that Louis, uh, New Super Mario Brothers U, fucking title, um, is the best-looking 2D Mario game for a long while just because it's in HD and everything. And so it is appealing to some degree to kind of see the levels played out in that fashion. Um, but again, it, it still has the nostalgia factor, so... Mm-hmm. Really cool. Um, I'm interested, and, and we'll see how that shakes out again. 2015, so we shall await it. Now, the next one I think is really exciting and is one of those moments that we've kind of been waiting for for a very long time as Nintendo fans is when are they going to bring a new IP? When are they going to try and take on a genre and redefine it and do something different? And now we have that answer. Uh, this game is Splatoon. Um, and it is essentially an online multiplayer shooter, four on four shooter, where you don't shoot people. The goal is instead to cover the stage in ink, and you know Although the winner. Although you can still shoot them. You can still shoot people, but the winners are the people who cover the stage in the highest percentage of ink. Bali, what did you think of this? Really refreshing. Really cool. I mean, I I was excited for new IP. And this is definitely new IP, and yeah. like it's really different to almost anything they've ever done. Um, aspects of it reminded me of Mario Sunshine, although that was kind of in reverse because you're cleaning it up rather than making the mess. Sure. Um, but the idea that y- the individual characters can become squids, yeah, squid, squids, 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 <laughs> squids, and then they actually can swim in their own colored ink really fast, but then get slowed down in the opponent's colored ink. So it's a really cool idea that where it benefits your team to um, cover the stage in ink, not only because it helps you win, but it helps your uh, the way you traverse the stage. Um, but like you said, reinventing it entirely is great. Yeah, I just I love that they are innovating in this space in a way that only Nintendo can you know they they know that they don't have any kind of you know IP that bridges into the online shooter genre and you know this isn't an FPS this is a third person game but there's no real push that they have for any online shooter and this is the way they do it and I don't expect anything less from them is they take a genre which has been tried and true by so many people and they flip it on its head and they do something different with it and that's exactly what this does and again this kind of is interesting because I feel it links into Titanfall in a way the idea of traversal is very important in that game and that was a big thing that people were talking about in it and similarly to how the jetpack and how the running on walls in titanfall affects how that game is fast and quick and uh, and really high paced action this game using the squid option to float in your own ink and zip across the map lends a similar feel uh, in my opinion i think it's really great to make it not feel like this kind of slow shooter and that you do have other options for moving around and everything and it's Uh, it's just a super cunning way of avoiding violence but still keeping it a shooter yeah Um, it could have just been massively cartoony like plants vs zombies um garden warfare garden warfare that's the one um but they've it's still a bit different from that and that is just like um it's just really innovative and very Nintendo, and it's good to see. 
Yeah. No, and the thing with Garden Warfare is it's basically just a shooter, but in the skin of Plants vs. Like, there's, I don't feel there's a, a huge innovation there. There's some kind of interesting, um, you know, uh, castle defense stuff going on, but it doesn't do what this game does, which is completely change the focus of the online shooter exactly. into something different and completely just... Wow, I'm really blown away. We were watching some footage uh, on the Treehouse stream, and I was like really, really interested in it. So, um, this may be a online shooter that Bali and I get into, both together. How about that? That would be really interesting. It's going to be good. Um, it's going to be great. So, uh, that wasn't quite the last thing. We actually have a couple more things to talk about, uh, including another Smash Brothers reveal. So, it looks like they uh, very much wanted to sandwich this uh, digital event with some Smash Brothers got the me fighter at the beginning and the big reveal at the end i think a lot of people were waiting for this one palatina from kid icarus um very much a thing with sakurai he likes to put his own characters as much as possible into smash brothers you could see it from brawl there were three kirby characters who a lot of, you know i don't think ddd really needed to be in there but he still was anyway and i think he's in the new smash game as well yep, so he still is so. they dropped meta knight so far so far, he may come back as Sakurai's character, so, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Palutena, she looks really cool, and I like uh, I like the moves I've seen so far, Bally. What are your first impressions of Palutena? I've not played Kidikris Uprising like yourself, so I don't know much yeah. about her at all, but she looks pretty cool. Um, she has an unbelievable number of moves. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just a little bummed that we didn't see you know like demise Ridley yeah, someone yeah. a little someone who hadn't been hyped up quite as much but you never know. Well, you know, Bali, there is there is a Smash Brothers roundtable later tonight, oh and Reggie was hinting in his IGN interview that you know something's maybe something's happening. I so. mean, it can't be as much of a disappointment as We Fit Trainer. So no, I certainly <laughs> hope not, and I don't think they're going to pull something like that this year. They've already got the Me Fighter out the way and that was a much cooler reveal in general and here's jigglypuff yeah <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm certain that at the round table they'll probably pull out captain falcon and ness and that those kind of legacy characters and maybe unveil one more but um but we'll see about that we shall see uh so that's looking pretty good before we close it out a uh, little quick look at miyamoto uh, sitting on in his chair playing some games um with blurred screen and uh, we have heard that Miyamoto working on a lot of new projects, um, three different things at the moment, three potential new IPs, um, and uh, two of them, like one's called Project Guard, one's called like Project Giant Robot, the third one is Star Fox, um, so I guess we're getting a Star Fox game at some point, it seems like super ridiculously early in development, apparently they're looking for a developer to help them out with it but Bali, what, what do you think about Star Fox coming back on Wii U? It'd be nice. I mean, I've I can't say I've ever heavily gotten into a Star Fox game. Um, yeah, we, we dabbled in a bit of Star Fox adventures when we were younger, which yeah, looking back, isn't really a Star Fox. Apparently, game. isn't a very good game at all. Um, no. <laughs> and when I played it at the time, I didn't I didn't think I rated it massively. But um, no. no, I'd be excited to see what they do. Um, there's talk of the controls being reinvented, so you move with the analog sticks, but your um, your shooting reticle is controlled using the gyro and the right gamepad. So that combination could work out really well. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what it starts looking like. But obviously, you're right. It looks really far away. 
it, it definitely does and hopefully we'll get a bit more news um, but that's basically going to do us for everything that happened in Nintendo's digital event Bali, this was a hell of a year, I think. Uh, a really big one for Nintendo, and especially just for me personally, they hit every note I wanted them to hit, bar one. Of course, is Metroid. I'm hoping that <laughs> something's going to happen with that. Like, that was the one thing. I think that was, if they could have done something Metroid in this event, it would have been the best E3 in living memory for me, honestly. Um, I, I know what you mean. Um, I really doubt any Metroid would is yet to come but you never yeah. know um and out of what was shown some really nice surprises the two main surprises for me well i guess the three main i thought splatoon was an amazing surprise i thought yeah. uh rainbow canvas whatever it's called yeah rainbow curse that's the one rainbow yeah. curse looked great um and then toad's adventure like that is just so out of the blue and yeah. really nice to see and it's this year which is even better indeed yeah um, obviously the centerpiece has to be Zelda that was Ab- just yeah absolutely goes without saying fantastic um, and wow uh, I am jazzed and this is the most excited I've been about Nintendo in a very long time I think that they have announced some really interesting stuff that we can get excited for and um, I have a, a much more positive outlook on their and what they're going to be providing for us to play. So hopefully there's going to be some more stuff. Of course, we will let you know. Um, and if you can find out uh, if we're going to be recording another show, whether there's enough news to do so uh, by following us on Twitter. So uh, why don't you do that? You can follow me at LordNBZ. And uh, I'm on Meverse as well, LordNBZ. Uh, Bali, what about yourself? I'm at Ballyman91, B-A-L-L-Y-M-A-N-9-1. Um, and I'm also on Meverse under that same name. Indeed. Um, email us your questions on E3. What did you think of this press conference? Uh, to keep doing that. Digital <laughs> event. Digital event. What did you think of the digital event? Let us know. Uh, we would be really happy to take those, and uh, it's going to help us to fuel a lot of the conversation on the podcast in the coming months. So uh, do be sure to do that, and you can send all of your correspondence to our email address, which is Bali nyppquestions at gmail.com yes indeed so we're going to close things out here but thank you very much for listening Um, we'll be back hopefully very soon with some more Nintendo goodness until then goodbye goodbye